Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Today, we're going to get into the Pro Bowl voting, the three Colts who got into the Pro Bowl, and then a couple of the snubs, including defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, the biggest snub, a top two defensive tackle in the National Football League, the best in the AFC. And he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, so we're going to get into that. But first, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. The Pro Bowl voting. And every year people are like, oh, why do you care about the Pro Bowl voting? It doesn't mean anything. Well, these players play hard, they practice hard, they train hard, they lift, they do all this stuff in the offseason, they take great care of their bodies, and these guys want to make a Pro Bowl. It's a nice accolade for them, they get a nice little paycheck, they get a, an additional $50,000, so these guys want to make the Pro Bowl, it looks good on their resume. A guy like Quentin Nelson, he wants to go to the Hall of Fame one day, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, Darius Leonard now, a two-time Pro Bowler. DeForest Buckner, only a one-time Pro Bowler, snubbed now for the second year in a row, snubbed last year with the 49ers, snubbed this year, obviously, obviously with the Colts. I mean, he's having an insane year. He's not going to the Pro Bowl, so it's nice for these guys. And then you look at guys like George Odom, who's had a great year on special teams. He's only making 500000 That $50,000 check could go a long way for a player like Odom. Now, Buckner might not need the money. Kenny Moore got paid last year. He might not need the money. Xavier Rhodes might not need the money. But a guy like George Odom, he might not need the money. He's still making $574,000, which is a very nice yearly salary. But $50,000 is one-ninth of his yearly salary. I'm sure he would love an additional $50,000. All his friends are millionaires. I'm sure he would love an additional $50,000. So this goes beyond just, it's a stupid game. And this year... It's beyond stupid. This year, it's going to be a simulated video game. So you're going to have a game of Madden being simulated with the Pro Bowl roster. So there's going to be no alternates this year. If you go to the Super Bowl, if you get hurt, you can't drop out of the Pro Bowl this year because you're a video game. So DeForest Buckner will not get in, period. He's not getting into the Pro Bowl this year. In a normal year, you have Chris Jones with Kansas City. Let's say they go to the Super Bowl. Now you have a defensive tackle spot. DeForest Buckner, your first alternate. He goes into the Pro Bowl. Not this year. There will be no alternates this year in the Pro Bowl. So I know a lot of people are going to say, why do you care? And at the end of the day, do I really, really care? No, it's all about winning. We're 10-4. and four. It's about going 11-4, and 12-4, making the playoffs, making a run, getting to a Super Bowl. And winning a Super Bowl. If there were a Pro Bowl to be played this year, I would hope none of the Colts show up because I want to be playing in the Super Bowl. But this year it's a little different because it's a virtual one because of COVID. So before you guys jump on me, why do you care about the Pro Bowl? I care because these guys care. The players obviously care. They're tweeting it out. It's an achievement for them. Nobody wants to get snubbed of anything, especially when you rightfully deserve it. And then the financial aspect of it with the $50,000, especially to guys like... George Odom, who could use the money a little bit more maybe than a player like DeForest Buckner. But let's get into the three guys who made the Pro Bowl. The Colts will have three players representing them in this Madden simulated Pro Bowl game, which really sums up what a strange year 2020 has been. And we'll cap it off. Actually, we'll start 2021 with this bizarre simulated game. But you had Quentin Nelson, now a three-time Pro Bowler, a three-time starter. He's also a two-time first-team All-Pro, and I assume, I anticipate him being a first-team All-Pro again this year. So when you look at Quentin Nelson 
and the career trajectory he's off to three years into the league, if he stays healthy, bearing any terrible injuries, you're looking at a guy who's on pace to be an all-time great, who's on pace to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I know it's crazy to say that for a player who hasn't even finished his third year in the league, but I'm just saying, if you take his production, 2018, 19, and 20, and you project it 7, 10, 12 years into the future, you're looking at an all-time great. You're looking at the Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, the Mount Rushmore, of course, of offensive guards. That's how good Quentin Nelson is. That's how good he's been since entering the league in 2018. And it's funny to me because you go back to the 2018 draft, everybody's saying you can't draft a guard that high. You can't take a guard at six. You can't take a guard in the top 10. You can't take a guard in the top 20 in the first round. Well, Damn, has he proved them wrong. Quentin Nelson has been worth every single bit of that first round pick of that sixth overall pick. And if you redrafted the entire 2018 draft, I'm sure Josh Allen would go higher. I'm sure Lamar Jackson would go higher. And I think Quentin Nelson would go higher than six. If you did a redraft, I think he would go in the top three, the top four, the top five. He's been that good for the Colts. He's been Hall of Fame caliber through his first three years. He's been first-team All-Pro caliber each of his first three years. He's just been a great addition to this Colts team. And when you look at the offensive line, he didn't make a 20% difference where Costanza's the same player and Kelly's the same player and the line just got 20% better at one of the five spots because we were asked that in a Q&A. Right before the 2018 draft, we had a feeling Quentin Nelson was going to be our guy unless he was taken by the Giants or somebody and maybe Chubb fell to us. But we were going to draft Quentin Nelson. That was the feeling we had going into the draft. And somebody asked us, how much of a difference is he going to make? And we said a 20% difference. One out of five guys, five times 20 equals 100. He's going to make a 20% difference on this offensive line. And he's made a 40 or 50% difference. Costanzo is a really solid player, a really solid left tackle for the Colts. He was not this good before Quentin Nelson. Ryan Kelly now, a two-time pro bowler playing next to Quentin Nelson. He's taken his game to another level. Glowinski, Smith. I mean, the entire line changed when we added Quentin Nelson to the equation. And, of course, Braden Smith coming in that 2018 draft class as well. And there's a lot of talent on this offensive line. I don't want to discredit Costanzo or Kelly or Smith or even Glowinski. But Quentin Nelson just brought a leadership, accountability, a swagger to the offensive line, even the way he runs down the field. You go back to the Jonathan Taylor touchdown against the Raiders, a 62-yard touchdown. Who is the first – a 62-yard touchdown to the right. Who is the first – player in the end zone to celebrate with him it's the 330 pound Quentin Nelson getting down the field 62 yards to celebrate with his teammate in the end zone that transcends size and ability and skill set and when you watch the Baldy breakdowns Quentin Nelson is a team first guy he's a winning 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 player and Winning players, like there's a lot of talented guys that just aren't winning players or they're all about themselves. He helps every guy off the ground. He runs down the field to be the first guy in the end zone to celebrate. And Quentin Nelson has really transformed this offensive line. And this offensive line has transformed 
this offense. Quentin Nelson is the best guard in the National Football League, in my opinion. Last week or two weeks ago, when Costanza goes down for a series, he says, no problem, I'll jump in at left tackle and I'll hold my own for a series until Costanza comes back. We scored a touchdown on that drive, and we don't score a touchdown on that drive if Chaz Green's in at left tackle. So Quentin Nelson has been everything you could want and more in that sixth overall pick. Very happy for him. Three years, three Pro Bowls for Quentin Nelson, and I'm sure he's on his way to a third first-team All-Pro this season. And people have criticized him a little bit this year. He's been dealing with some injuries. He's played through each and every one of those injuries, and he's still playing at an insanely high level. And he's the only guard in the league that gives you weekly highlights. Love everything about Quentin Nelson. So happy for him to make his third consecutive Pro Bowl. Darius Leonard, same draft class as Quentin Nelson, and the first time since 1965 when the Chicago Bears drafted Dick Buckus and Gail Sayers to have two first-team All-Pros as rookies in the same rookie class for the same team. We did it in 2018, Chris Ballard's home run draft, and it went beyond just Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. You had Braden Smith, you had Kamoko Ture, you had Tyquan Lewis, who's been a great surprise this year. Lewis looks like the player we thought we were getting out of Ohio State that we just didn't see in 2018 or 2019, so he's been spectacular for the Colts, and that's just a really, really solid draft class. Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, the list goes on and on. And Darius Leonard, as great as he was his rookie season, broke the single-season rookie tackle record, was a first-team All-Pro Defensive Rookie of the Year, missed the Pro Bowl. And not only did he miss the Pro Bowl in the initial vote, he also missed the Pro Bowl in the alternate vote. So he didn't even get in as an alternate in 2018 so he was a huge snub huge snub in 2018 along with Andrew Luck who was second in the league in touchdown passes with 39 behind only Patrick Mahomes who threw 50 and Andrew Luck did not make the initial Pro Bowl roster he eventually got in as an alternate but he did not make the initial Pro Bowl roster in 2018 Darius Leonard was a huge snub and another guy like Quentin Nelson on the offensive side of the ball, Darius Leonard changed the swagger, the attitude, the mentality of this defense. This defense is night and day from where it was in 2017. Some of that's Eberflus, some of that's Buckner, and a lot of that is Darius Leonard because we saw a major change from 17 to 18, from 18 to 19, from 19 to 20, and now this defense with Buckner and Leonard and Blackman and Rhodes and Houston, and you go down the line, there's a lot of playmakers, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, of course, and all these guys, but the real captain, even though I think right now DeForest Buckner is the best player on this defense, the captain and the guy who was really the first domino was Darius Leonard, and he is the heart and soul, although I believe Buckner might be a better player right now and a more complete player and plays a more important position, Darius Leonard is the heart and soul of this defense, and we've seen this defense with and without him, and it's a lot better with him on the field. So Darius Leonard made the Pro Bowl last year. Now back-to-back Pro Bowls for Darius Leonard. And I see many more in his future. I also anticipate another All-Pro for Leonard this season. And then the third guy, again, like Leonard, back-to-back first and second career Pro Bowls. And that is Ryan Kelly. Made the Pro Bowl last year as an alternate. He got in after guys dropped out due to injury or going to the Super Bowl. He got into his first Pro Bowl. And then this year now voted in on the initial Pro Bowl roster as the backup center in the AFC. So Leonard and Nelson will be starters in this simulated game. And then Kelly will be the backup center 
on the AFC side. And another player, he's gotten better every year he's been in the league, a super athletic, agile center. We had Matt Slauson on the podcast, and he said that Ryan Kelly is the most athletic center he's ever seen in his life. And that's a guy who played 10 years in the National Football League, which was extremely high praise for Ryan Kelly, who at that time of the interview was a zero-time Pro Bowler. Now he's a two-time Pro Bowler. So I'm sure if you had Slauson on now, he would say, well, he's taking his game to another level from where I saw him back in 2018 now after the 2019 and 2020 season. So Ryan Kelly, another guy, so happy for him. He deserves this. He was really under the radar the first couple of years. He's taken his game to another level. I think a lot of that is thanks to Quentin Nelson because you add a player of that caliber in between two really solid guys in Costanzo and Kelly and just everybody's game was bumped up a notch or two notches. And then, of course, Glowinski and Smith as well. Because this offensive line, I swear to God, because I thought Costanzo has been snubbed multiple times, and I thought Smith got snubbed this year because he's been so good, so under the radar. We have four Pro Bowl caliber, not Pro Bowlers, but Pro Bowl caliber guys among this offensive line, and two of them got in. So very, very happy for Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, and Ryan Kelly getting to the Pro Bowl. Then you look at the snubs, and Kenny Moore is a guy we knew was going to get snubbed. We just knew it. He's an undersized slot corner. For some reason, slot corners are super disrespected, and he gets snubbed of the Pro Bowl. I thought he got snubbed last year, again this year, and he has five picks. He's playing extremely well, had a forced fumble, had the catch of the year. Not just the pick of the year, the catch of the year. You're talking wide receivers, tight ends. Any interceptions on defense, running backs out of the backfield. The best catch I've seen all year. Kenny Moore against Derek Carr and Walner in the back of the end zone against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a spectacular highlight catch. Then against Renfro in the same game, forces a fumble. Has a pick against Deshaun Watson. Is playing at an extremely high level. And you're talking about an undrafted guy who has just been disrespected time after time after time in the National Football League. He gets snubbed. But we kind of anticipated that one, right? Xavier Rhodes made the Pro Bowl last year, has been 10 times better this year. I thought he got snubbed. But again, I also understand you only have four corner spots, and the AFC has some really, really good cornerbacks. So I kind of understand it. In the NFC, I would expect both of them, at least one of them, to get in. The AFC is a little bit more difficult to get into the Pro Bowl as a cornerback. So Xavier Rhodes... Although he's been so much better this year than last year, and he made the Pro Bowl last year, and he doesn't make it this year, I kind of understand when you look at the landscape of the AFC, and also just on our team, he was the second most deserving behind Kenny Moore. So Kenny Moore should have made it first, and then Xavier Rhodes. So Rhodes got snubbed, but another guy I kind of thought he would get snubbed, because if I didn't see Kenny Moore making it, then I don't think another corner on his team is going to make it over him at one of those four spots. So Kenny Moore doesn't make it. Xavier Rhodes doesn't make it. Braden Smith, another guy I knew he would get snubbed because he's a right tackle. He's on an offensive line that already has two other superstars, or at least one superstar and one other really, really solid player. And then Anthony Costanzo has never been to a Pro Bowl. He was so good for us last year. Played every game. I don't think he gave up a sack. He was penalized like one or two times. Costanzo in 2019, in my opinion, was an elite left tackle. He's never been to a Pro Bowl. So if he hasn't, I didn't think Smith would get in. Another guy you could say he was snubbed. You could say Grover Stewart was snubbed, but the guy who plays next to him didn't make the Pro Bowl, which we're going to get to. And then George Odom, a guy who I definitely thought got snubbed. He leads special teamers in tackles with 18. The next closest guy 
only has 13. The AFC representation for Gunners in the Pro Bowl has 5. If you take the Pro Bowl representation for AFC Gunners and you take the second most tackles in the league for Gunners and you combine them, you equal George Odom. And George Odom out of all these guys is making the least amount of money besides maybe Grover Stewart. And that's a guy who could use that additional $50,000. The fan vote, and especially for a guy like this, how is the fan vote ever going to accurately get the gunner correct on the Pro Bowl vote? It's not possible because you'd have to follow every team so closely. This should be coaches and players only voting on the top gunner in the National Football League. Maybe punt returners and coaches could vote on this one because these are the guys who actually need the money the most. So Odom got snubbed big time. He's the second, in my opinion, he might be the second biggest snub behind Buckner because the AFC cornerbacks are so good. Although Kenny Moore got snubbed and he 100%, in my opinion, should have made it, you could also make great arguments for the other four guys. Like Xavier Howard's having an insane year. Gilmore last year was the AFC defensive player. He was the NFL's defensive player of the year. So I kind of understand it to an extent. Although my vote would have been with Kenny Moore getting in as the third or fourth corner, I kind of do understand, and I'm not surprised he got snubbed. I'm not surprised George Odom got snubbed either. But when you look at the difference between him and the guy who got in, 18 tackles on special teams to five tackles on special teams, that's a sin. So he 100% deserved the gunner spot on the AFC Pro Bowl roster. And then the biggest snub in the National Football League. Maybe the snub, I know it's early because we're only in the first or second year now of this decade, but the biggest snub of the decade, the biggest snub maybe of the century, DeForest Buckner not making the Pro Bowl. You're talking about the only defensive tackle in the National Football League in the same stratosphere as Aaron Donald. The only defensive tackle in the same stratosphere. Not to say Chris Jones and Cam Hayward and Calais Campbell aren't good. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying when you talk about the caliber of player DeForest Buckner is, and you stack him up against the other players at his position across the league, the only guy in his league is Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald is better. Aaron Donald's a GOAT. He is an absolute GOAT. He's a first battle Hall of Famer, multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year. He is a phenomenal player. I'm not saying Buckner's as good. But if you rank them, the only guy who could play at that level, in my opinion, in the National Football League, is DeForest Buckner. It's not a shot at Jones or Hayward or Campbell. They're all good players. But when you look at the stats this year, Chris Jones of Kansas City, six and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, 24 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles. Cam Hayward of Pittsburgh, three sacks, five tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits, zero forced fumbles. Calais Campbell of Baltimore, it doesn't make any sense how he made the Pro Bowl this year. And a really good player and a multiple-time first-team All-Pro, multiple-time Pro Bowler, most likely a Hall of Famer. Four sacks, five tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hits, zero forced fumbles. And then you look at DeForest Buckner, seven and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, 24 quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. If you take Cam Hayward and Calais Campbell's numbers and you combine them, they have seven sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 27 quarterback hits, zero forced fumbles. DeForest Buckner alone, seven and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, 24 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles. So Buckner has 
half a sack more than those two defensive tackles combined, only two less tackles for loss, only three less quarterback hits as one player by himself, and two more forced fumbles. He forced two forced fumbles, Chris Jones forced two, Hayward and Campbell zero. So Jones, Hayward, and Campbell combined two forced fumbles. Buckner alone, two forced fumbles. And of course, Chris Jones has both of them, so that's not a fair stat to Chris Jones. But the point is, Cam Hayward and Calais Campbell absolutely do not belong in the same conversation as DeForest Buckner. And I don't think Chris Jones does either. I mean, Chris Jones is close, but he only has two tackles for loss. DeForest Buckner has eight tackles for loss. Buckner's been, hands down, by far, in my opinion, the best defensive tackle in the AFC. Second in the league behind Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald's not in this equation when we talk about AFC defensive tackles. Big time snub. The snub of the century. Because, yeah, Darius Leonard got snubbed in 2018, but he was a rookie. Not a lot of fans, not a lot of people knew of Darius Leonard. DeForest Buckner wrecked the Super Bowl last year. If the Chiefs don't come back in that game and the Niners hold on to win, DeForest Buckner could very easily have been the MVP of the Super Bowl last year. He was that good in that game. And he was that good, period, last year for the 49ers. This is the guy who made the Pro Bowl two years ago in 2018 when he had 12 sacks and 17 tackles for loss. This is a blue-chip premier player in this league. Everybody should know the name DeForest Buckner. And it's just a badass name, too. DeForest? I mean, come on. You can't not know the name DeForest Buckner. And the day the Colts traded for him, and I'll be honest, the day the Colts traded for him, and me and Jason talked about this off air, we knew he was a great player. We didn't know he was this great of a player. We didn't think he was this close to the Aaron Donald stratosphere of defensive tackles. He's been that good for the Colts. And to get snubbed to the Pro Bowl, it's just not right. And they have to do something about the fan vote. Because fans just, A, they're not knowledgeable enough about all the guys across the league. They'll get the quarterbacks right. They'll get, I mean, not always. They didn't get Andrew Luck right in 2018. Second in the league in touchdown passes. Coming off a torn labrum behind only Patrick Mahomes. And he doesn't make the initial Pro Bowl roster. He has to get in as an alternate. So they don't always get it right. But maybe wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, big number positions, offensive guys, guys who help your fantasy team, they might make it, and they might get those spots correct. But then again, I keep contradicting myself because Evan Ingram just made the Pro Bowl, and he made it over the tight end. I'm blanking on his name from Green Bay. The Green Bay starting tight end has 10 touchdowns. Evan Ingram of the Giants only has one touchdown. And it makes me think, big market. You have a Pro Bowl vote with these fans where one retweet equals two votes. And you'll have a team like the Giants, the Cowboys, the Patriots, these massive fan bases in Dallas and New York and these big cities, Boston, and they'll put out a tweet and they'll list 22 guys. And if you retweet it, every guy counts twice. And it bothers me for all the teams, even the Colts. The Colts put out a tweet and now I retweet it. And it gives two votes to Glowinski and it gives two votes to Quinn Nelson. That's not right. So the whole fan voting thing is off. And then when you have these massive fan bases like the Steelers, they must have 4 million, 5 million followers on Twitter. The Cowboys, 4 million, 5 million followers on Twitter. The Colts have 1 million. So you're not going to get the same volume in your retweets, in your likes, in your fan voting. And then it just doesn't give you accurate results. So now a player like DeForest Buckner 
who's hands down a pro bowler if he plays in a big city gets snubbed because he plays for the Indianapolis Colts, even though he's playing at a super high level. And then also the Colts only had one primetime game this year. If they're playing on primetime as much as some really bad teams like the Eagles have been on primetime a million times. The Giants have been on primetime a million times. The Cowboys have been on primetime a million times. The NFC East has played so many primetime games and Buckner's played one for the Colts. Just one game. And that hurts you in Pro Bowl voting because now the masses don't get to see you because you're stuck on 1 o'clock every week. And it hurts you now when Fairweather fans are voting for this stuff. But it's not just the fans. Although I think we should revoke the fan vote from Pro Bowls in the future because you're talking about not just the accolade of it, but you're talking about money. $50,000 per guy plus a bonus if your team wins. Not this year probably because it's a video game, but a bonus if your team wins the Pro Bowl. They have to do a better job, but it's not just the fans. And this is what really gets me going. Fans being stupid is one thing, right? I mean, that's just one thing that's wrong with this whole process. But Rodrigo Blankenship was actually leading the fan vote for kickers. He gets outvoted by Justin Tucker, which makes sense. Justin Tucker's a vet. He's the best kicker in the league. He's the most accurate kicker of all time. Justin Tucker is phenomenal. He deserves the Pro Bowl nod over the rookie. As great as Blankenship's been this year, and he's been a great addition to this team, he's been an upgrade from the 2019 version of Adam Venateri, and I think he has a very bright future in Indianapolis. But he's not a Pro Bowler yet. Not yet. He will be, but he's not there yet. So Justin Tucker deserved it. But the fan vote actually gave it to Blankenship. So why did Tucker get it over Blankenship? Because of the coach vote and the player vote. Which makes me scratch my head. Okay, the fans are idiots, right? They got the Forrest Buckner wrong. They botched the defensive tackles in the AFC. You're going to tell me the coach vote and the player vote that usually overrides the fan vote, at least in the kicker spot we saw it override the fan vote. The players and coaches around the National Football League don't have the whereabouts to get the Forrest Buckner into the Pro Bowl? That is insanity to me. You're going to get Calais Campbell in over DeForest Buckner when Buckner has three and a half more sacks, when he has three more tackles for loss, when he has 14 more quarterback hits, and he has two more forced fumbles. Calais Campbell's not on the same planet right now as DeForest Buckner. And the coaches of the National Football League are going to vote in a way that doesn't override the fans, leaving DeForest Buckner out of the AFC Pro Bowl roster? Give me a break terrible i mean i don't think fans should vote anymore but the coaches and players around the league should look in the mirror and say oh my god how did we miss this guy he is by far the biggest snub this year and there were some other ones and there were some other guys who made it that shouldn't have made it like evan ingram i don't know how in the world evan ingram made it with one touchdown reception the colts have three tight ends with more touchdown receptions than evan ingram three guys on one team at the same position granted we're in the afc maybe if we were in the nfc things would be different but they probably wouldn't be because the Green Bay Packers tight end has 10 touchdowns. He has nine more touchdowns. He has 10 times the amount of touchdowns as Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram, who Giant fans can't even stand. I can't even imagine the fans voted for him. So which coach out there was dumb enough to put their vote in for Evan Ingram? It's crazy to me. It's just crazy to me how bad the fan vote is. We had the defensive rookie of the year, a first 
team all pro gets snubbed in 2018 and it might happen again this year with the Forrest Buckner and it's not just a Colt thing it's not just oh they hate the Colts they hate the Colts it's just like the Forrest Buckner is not a big enough name and we're guilty of it too when we traded for him as ecstatic as I was I didn't think he would be this good and if you go back to last year because look they obviously miss him in San Francisco and I know they lost Nick Bosa and they've had a ton of injuries and Garoppolo hasn't been the same and he's been injured and they've taken a massive step backwards. And Kinlaw is a really nice player as a rookie out of South Carolina, but you cannot tell me that they don't miss the presence of DeForest Buckner in the middle of that defensive line. And then you look at the Colts. We clearly missed them the one game he didn't play for us. We are averaging allowing 88 rushing yards per game. The one game DeForest Buckner doesn't play, of course, we're going up against the great Derrick Henry. We gave up 234 yards on the ground. More than double, double and a half. Two and a half times the amount of rushing yards we give up in a normal game. We gave up the one game DeForest Buckner didn't play. We also didn't have Autry. They have Derrick Henry. So there were multiple factors. But watch Colts-Titans with DeForest Buckner. And then watch Colts-Titans without DeForest Buckner. He's a big-time difference maker. And they miss him in San Francisco because they went from a Super Bowl team to a team that's going to miss the playoffs. Despite, obviously, losing Bosa and Garoppolo and a bunch of other guys on that team. They're not the same team as they were last year. But a big reason why is because they lost DeForest Buckner. And I would be very, very interested to see what they're thinking now. If they think, you know what, maybe we should have paid him. Or maybe they're happy with Kinlaw. I don't know. But I don't think it's a shot at Kinlaw to say that the Forrest Buckner is a premier player in this league. Not to say Kinlaw can't get there, but obviously a rookie is not going to be at the level the Forrest Buckner is currently at, leading them last year to a Super Bowl and dominating that game against Kansas City. If they're able to hold on to that game, he might be the Super Bowl MVP. He had two sacks, maybe two and a half sacks in that game against Patrick Mahomes. So Buckner, the biggest snub, without a doubt. The Colts, every year, you go back to... Dwight Freeney's rookie year, he broke the single-season rookie sack record, isn't the defensive rookie of the year, doesn't make the Pro Bowl. You look at Andrew Luck in 2018, second in the NFL in touchdown passes, doesn't make the Pro Bowl initially, gets in as an alternate. And then, of course, Darius Leonard in 2018 and DeForest Buckner this year. So they definitely have to do something about the fan vote and then players and coaches wake up and learn your league because DeForest Buckner should be playing or at least simulated in this year's 2020 bizarre Madden simulated Pro Bowl game where there will not be alternates. So DeForest Buckner is not going to get in. There will be no alternates. You can't get hurt in a video game or I guess you could, but you can't back out of this game. If you're going to the Super Bowl, if Chris Jones goes to the Super Bowl, DeForest Buckner cannot get in for his spot this year because Chris Jones could be in two places at once because one of his places will be virtual in a video game. So that's the Pro Bowl voting. Again, shout out, congratulations to Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Ryan Kelly. Well-deserved for those three players. We had other guys who also deserved it that didn't get in, but it is what it is. And let's hope it adds a chip to the shoulder of Kenny Moore. I don't know how many more chips Kenny Moore could take on his shoulder. He's five foot eight. He goes to a small school. He goes undrafted. He gets cut by the Patriots. So he's gone through plenty of snubbing and plenty of being disrespected throughout the course of his career. So I don't think he needs any more, but it's just another one. Kenny Moore, more, more chips on his shoulder. A terrible pun for you guys to end this podcast. And then DeForest Buckner, 
I wouldn't want to be Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers this week seeing DeForest Buckner because you guys could say all you want. Oh, it's just a Pro Bowl. Who cares? It's a stupid game. It is a stupid game, but these players care. And I wouldn't want to see a pissed off DeForest Buckner this week if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially if I were Ben Roethlisberger and I were a statue in the pocket because DeForest Buckner is going to be pissed off this Sunday. So, guys, I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We will be back tomorrow. AFC playoff bracket breakdown as this crazy wild AFC boils down to the final two weeks of the season. Colts Steelers, Colts Jaguars. We're going to go over all the different scenarios with the Ravens, with the Browns, with the Dolphins, with the Colts, with the Titans, and how the Colts could get into different playoff spots, different matchups. And all that fun stuff. We're going to get into that tomorrow. And then we'll come back on Friday with the Steelers game preview. Right here on the For the Culture Podcast.